baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Bob Cordaro Show podcast. It goes to the government. It goes to the establishment. It goes to the media. It goes to our intelligence services who have possession of all of the documentation of the overseas accounts that the $10 million Biden's got, the Biden's, because it's five each, Joe and Hunter, for firing the prosecutor in Ukraine. It's, they've got it in their hands. They've got the wire transfers. They've got the phone calls. They've got everything. Our own intelligence services. You would think they'd be under some sort of obligation to turn it over to the Justice Department, but it would die in the Justice Department. So now you would think they've got the obligation to turn it over to Congressman Comer and the Oversight Committee. Unlikely. They're going to have to discover it the hard way. But it's there. Thanks to Dunmore Lumber Company, 622 South Blakely Street, Dudbore, as we sometimes say. Where you can beat the big box blues. And they are the sponsors of the... Anthony J. Cadaro Memorial Golf Tournament, which will take place next Monday, October 2nd. Right around noon at Glenmar National Golf Club. One of the best golf courses in the country. I, I mean, bar none. Worth playing there. Get a foursome. Get in touch with Dunmore Lumber. Sponsor. Make a donation to St. Joseph's Center, the beneficiary of all of this effort. And then Road Scholar Transport, our other hourly sponsor. You have unique shipping needs. Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit RoadScholar.com. And while you're at RoadScholar.com, go forward slash Camp Freedom. And you could give a message that you would want to share with our veterans, our damaged veterans, first responders, and Gold Star families. And one of those messages will be on a truck. They'll put it on the, the winning message will go on the side of tractor tr- of trailers that Road Scholar take around the entire Northeast United States. Please do it. And... Um, a reminder, because I think whenever I think of Road Scholar, I think of the um, Power Brunch Player of the Week on the Bob Cadaro Show on TV. And this week, this Sunday, this past Sunday, it was Bill Rosado, owner of the Rosado uh, Automotive, Rosado Hospitality, and Rosado. Uh, I forget what he calls it, but air, airlines. <laughs> He's got planes. And all of those, he, he, he grew up in a cardboard shack 
literally, in Yucatan, Mexico. Became an American citizen the right way and became wildly successful. And and it's his optimism and his belief in America and the American dream will it'll warm the cuckles of your heart, I promise you. Check it out on YouTube, Bob Cadaro Show on TV. So John Perillo and I were going back and forth a little bit about um you know, the subject, because Zelensky was in last week, should we continue on Ukraine and so forth. But he's been wanting to talk about this China Belt and Road Initiative. That's where the Chinese have been funding infrastructure projects, some of them massive, uh, throughout the Asian subcontinent and into Africa. Now, they, the funny part is they know that these countries are not going to be able to pay back the, the money lent to them, and that may provide greater influence. But for a unique perspective on this, and because he's been looking into it deeply, we've got John Perillo, and it's time for Monday Musings. John, welcome back, as always. It's good. Good to be here, Bob, and I appreciate your last segment on, uh, on the election. We, we need better analysis there. Yeah. So... <laughs> So tell us, tell us, give us a quick, uh, I, I mean, I did give us a quick definition of what the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative is, but restate that and then uh, t- talk about what you've discovered. Right. As Bob said, as Bob alluded to, what, what the BRI, Belt Road Initiative, is was, uh, was designed to kind of capture some of these smaller, poorer countries by creating debt within them. And also by giving them some infrastructure that they would need, and and those two things together would actually enrich China. And you know, and I'll get into a little bit of detail there. I hope this isn't uh, you know too boring, but it's actually kind of important because it impacts us, you know, in a couple of ways. It's always important to keep an eye on China because you know they're an adversary, uh, and because if we can't learn from history, maybe we can actually learn from the present. I'm not <laughs> maybe a, a yeah. um, if we refuse to learn from history, maybe we can learn from the present. I like just, that. Just maybe. <laughs> and, and, I, and I know your listeners uh, will, will probably never believe it, but you know, the, here this is actually an economic development scheme centrally planned by a communist party that's starting to come apart. Um, and and so we've, we've we've all been told all along this Belt Road Initiative was this masterstroke of geopolitics, right? As Bob said, you know they they financed and built these infrastructure projects in developing worlds, and they bought these third world countries' loyalty, all while enriching themselves. And it's important to understand this is a money making idea. This is not just donations to poor countries in exchange for having. You know, you know, kind of that debt would make them um, beholden into China. It was actually more than that. They thought they would make money off of that. Um, yeah, their companies are the ones performing the construction. Correct. <laughs> exactly. And these countries would, you know, the theory was that, you know, China would perform these, these infrastructure projects. These countries would become a little bit more efficient because these, these projects were, um, were critical to their infrastructure. And then they'd pay back these lo- the cost of these loans with interest to China and today, China's made about a trillion dollars of loans. These are not. This is not an insignificant amount. And 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 remember, Bob and I and you have been hearing that you know China faces its own domestic economic crisis, right? They're they're starting to have some real issues. They're starting to show up. We we've, we've done a little bit about you know some of these discussions, um, 
But now we're beginning to see that this Belt Road initiative itself is also in trouble. Um, and that's going to further impact the Chinese economic problem that they have. And it sort of tangentially, you know, it impacts us. And, you know, the, the signs that this Belt Road initiative were in trouble were actually emerged quite a while back. We'd been hearing about this, you know, but as all things Chinese, it's tough to get information. And the other thing was that the Belt Road Initiative was one of Xi Jinping's top policy achievements. He, you know, he got up in front of the Congress and he, he was bragging about it. And, you know, in the Chinese government, you don't really have a chance of abandoning something that Xi Jinping says he wants to do. Um, but there are a couple things. But he owns it, it, which is that's the great it. thing internally for us. Yes. He owns yes. this and therefore will own the failure. Yes, he, he definitely owns this. Right. So um, so in addition, you know, one of the things that ch- just changed recently for some of these developing developing countries is this rising world interest rates. And, and you know, uh, we, we think a lot of times, you know, the Fed raises interest rates and your adjustable rate mortgage goes up and it's hard to buy a home and all this is domestic. But it actually impacts the globe. Uh, when the U.S. interest rates go up, everybody's interest rates go up. And so everybody's interest rates went up, including those interest rates on Bell Road Initiative debts. And China's not been willing to restructure those. So, so think of that as a similar way of you getting an ARM uh, adjustable rate mortgage on a home equity loan that you're going to use to make your home business more efficient. Right? It might make sense when that interest rate's at 3%, and it might not make sense when that interest rate's at 6%. And so just think about it in those terms. And, uh, so if, we- if you know, are these loans in dollars or in the uh, Chinese currency, the yuan? It's usually in stuff. So let's say, and this is actually an important point. Bob Doe is a step ahead of me. So let's say you're in, the, you're in Central Africa, and you, and a lot of these countries in Central Africa were taking these, these BRI initiatives, and you're, and you're building a, a road. And as a matter of fact, I think I have an example. Let me see if I can find a reasonable example. Um, well, we, we've got to take is, a break. I want you to find that yeah. example of the good timing. Uh, Bob Cadaro with uh, John Perillo. It is Monday Musings. We're going to hear from our great sponsors. Then we'll come back with John, and we're going to go to a specific case. And, John, let's carry that through to its logical end, or at least uh, where we are now. John Perillo. We'll Absolutely. be right back. The, the horrendous sight of nine black students... Forced to withdraw from Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas because of unruly white crowds, escorted of racists, escorted the class by members of the U.S. Army's 101st Airborne Division. And the Republican president had to straighten out the Democrat governor. And thank God he did. So we've had uh, institutionalized racism being knocked down, but it existed. Systemic racism back in 1957. Continued into the 60s without a doubt. Imagine those kids. The bravery of those kids and their parents. To stand on principle and and those kids are there. Uh, man, that that kind of bravery—that is so American. To overcome the human condition, which is discrimination, 
Those people discriminate on anything, by the way. Not doesn't not just color. But uh, man, a banner day. Thank you, President Eisenhower. I always say, where is President Eisenhower now? Uh, Mary Regina sent in our uh, Mother Teresa for the day, and I do not want to forget it. No matter how tired you are, no matter how physically exhausting your life may be, make it a priority to care for someone in need. What greater joy can there be? Mary Regina. Thanks for sending it in. And that is St. Teresa for today. Always poignant, always important, always wise. So we're talking with John Perillo. The subject is this uh, Chinese uh, Belt and Road Initiative. And he's got a specific instance which we can follow through as an exemplar of why John Perillo says this initiative is failing and may come back to bite the Chinese. John, fire away. Okay, so there there were two gentlemen, a gentleman named Brennan and another guy named Fukuyama, who wrote about this in, in Foreign Affairs. So this isn't just my idea. And they were, they were trying to describe some of these loans. And one of their quotes was, you know, a large number of projects um, in places like the Congo and Venezuela, why would you take that kind of a risk? And their response, they used a technical financial term to de- describe these loans, and the technical financial term was really stupid. And, they, <laughs> and I thought it was, it was very interesting to see that, right? So one of their examples was in, in 2009, and the, the government of Montenegro asked for bids to build a highway connecting the Adriatic, their Adriatic part, port of Bar to Serbia. And there were a couple of private uh, bidders in the procurement process, and they weren't able to raise the, the required capital. And as a result, Montenegro then changes, the, you know, turns to the China Export Import Bank. Now they're which, a NATO you know, those, member, am I correct? They're in, <laughs> correct, right? But, but think about that, right? So when and and when, so they go they go to China. China says, okay, we'll build it. Um, and now Montenegro's financial debt to uh, GDP ratio went from about fifty nine percent had it not pursued the project to eighty nine percent today. Mm. And the reason why this matters is that. You know, when when a private enterprise takes a look at building this road, and they did because Montenegro went and had private contractors bid on the procurement uh, process, and they weren't able to raise the funding. The reason why that happens is because a private bank looks at that and says, I won't get my money back, so therefore I won't make this loan. And anybody who's been in business knows that. Right? You, you decide, I, I need this new machinery. You have to come up with a business case as for why you want to do that. Um, but what happened instead was the Chinese government says, we'll do it, and didn't look at the ability of Montenegro to repay and whether this road that they were building was going to enhance Montenegro's GDP enough for them to be repaid. And now Montenegro's in trouble. And the reason why that matters is, as Bob alluded to at the beginning of the show, you know, China started this as a way to, you know, they'd already bought up, if you will, um, kind of low-value production. So uh, think about it as labor arbitrage, but also ecological arbitrage. If you're going to build a phone in California, you have to pay California wages, right? And if you're going to and you're going to build that same phone in California, you have to worry about California's ecological uh, requirements. If you're building that same phone in China, those two problems go away. And without commenting in the particulars on, say, the um, UAW uh, negotiations, I don't think the Chinese are worried about paying their employees you know, five days of work for four days of labor. 
That's not one of their problems. So that's why things moved to China. And after they'd been in China and, and China had bought up all this low dollar production, if you will, the next thing they did is they started investing in infrastructure projects. And they invested in those infrastructure projects internal to China. And I think Bob, he's also alluded to this. You'll see entire cities that were built in China that are completely empty. I mean, it's, it's, you, you got to get the pictures. You can Google them. It's fascinating. Um, and they did that to uh, do a couple of things. One, it employed a lot of Chinese labor, and it created what they thought was going to be useful infrastructure, which turned out not to be the case. And when those things failed, that's when Prime Minister Xi decided he was going to do these things external to China, and that, and that Montenegro example is just one. Um, the reason why it matters to us is, is twofold. One, it's created some instability. And I don't know if your listeners have heard, but there have been six uh, coups in Central Africa, uh, primarily in French-speaking countries. And a lot of that has to do with debt and restructuring. A lot of it has to do with, you know, there's some religious wars going on there. But instability is not a good thing for us as a nation. Right? Things that we need, either uh, materials or oil or, or minerals, you know, they come from other countries. We um, stability makes it easier for us to do things like have commerce. So the the to the extent that these things are caused by financial instability, that affects us. Um, the other thing is that it affects China. And you know, as much as I'm probably sitting here with a little bit of a smile on my face, knowing that China is having economic problems, in reality, that's not a good thing for us as a country. You know, we need to learn how to decouple from China. Uh, we need to be able to be, bring manufacturing back into the United States. And we have to understand that there are going to be some trade-offs that we are going to have to make to have manufacturing in the United States. And that means both labor, economic, and management are going to have to do some things differently if we're going to get some of this manufacturing that we've offshored back into the United States. Uh, but if we don't do that, we will wind up with shortages. And the example of that is that, if you'll recall, when, when COVID hit early on, U.S. auto production essentially ground to a halt because we couldn't get the chips to make the, the, the ECMs, the electronic control modules, and the radios and the other uh, smart stuff that was smart uh, with infotainment that was in cars. And we got a lot of that from China and Taiwan. And when those things shut down, our economy shuts down. So, you know, these, these things that we sometimes think are strictly... And um, I'll go one step further, people. John Perillo, and that is uh, autocracies... Uh, countries run by tyranny, they lash out when they fail internally, and we've got to be prepared for that. John, thank you so yes. much as always. Uh, we look forward to next Monday's Monday Musings and appreciate you for doing it this week. Absolutely, Bob. Thank you again to you and your listeners for listening to this kind of arcane topic. I hope it was uh, worth, worth your time. It's important. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you. Thank you. We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K, the eponymous show will roll on. We're coming back with the name probably a lot of you know, great high school football coach Nick Donato, but he's not shilling for himself. There's an event for an outstanding, maybe one of the best athletes ever to come from this area, Steve Vesendak, the end of October. And we're going to talk about that. When we return, we'll do the weather, we'll mention our veterans, talk about them, and then it's Nick Donato. We'll take a break. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, a lot of you remember Nick Donato, one of our great high school coaches in this region. Uh, but he's got something else he's working on, and that is a tribute to Steve Vesendak, uh, a basketball player maybe some of you have not heard of, and we're going to try to rectify this on this program. First of all, Coach Donato, welcome. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Nice to uh, talk with you. Tell us who Steve Vesendak was, is, <laughs> I shouldn't say, okay. thank God yeah. he's still with us. Steve Vesendak is, and oh. and uh, then a little bit about the event to honor him. Yes, uh, it, it's called the Community uh, a Tribute to Steve Vesendak. Uh, Steve um, attended Scranton Prep. First of all, he, he um, lived in the Green Ridge uh, Corners area. His uh, parents ran a bakery. Green Ridge Bakery was real popular back in the uh, uh, 50s and the uh, 60s. Um, he attended North Scranton Junior High School and at that time was coached by, and I, I'm going to make a connection here, with by uh, Bill Garrity. Wow. Uh, Mr. Garrity, yeah, Mr. Garrity was oh, an outstanding baseball and basketball coach at North Scranton, a very popular figure and involved in uh, politics downtown and everything else, but uh, a real uh, maker of men. So uh, Steve uh, always attributes his success he had to Bill Garrity, first of all. And then uh, Steve went on to uh, play for Coach Jack Gallagher at Scranton Prep. And just had an amazing career. I mean, playing for Coach Gallagher, another one of the great top name, coaches. Huh? Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, he had contacts all over the country. Um, uh, ran the uh, University of Indiana basketball camp for uh, Bobby Knight for years. But uh, Steve played for uh, uh, Coach Gallagher, an outstanding player. And uh, those are the two men in his life uh, that he gives to be. You know, naturally, besides his father, that he gives a great deal of credit to for the success he had. Steve was uh, an All-American high school player. Uh, I mean, everybody talks about the different awards that he won, and, and they talk about a game he finished uh, his grand prep. Uh, those two years, they got beaten in the Catholic League uh, final. They were 22-0 and and got beat out in Pittsburgh when Steve was a junior. And then his senior year, I think he scored something like 44 points and prep had like maybe 58 and they got beaten the Eastern final by Allentown Catholic, like 60 to 58, just a remarkable player. But Steve went on to uh, uh, Duke university could have gone to a number of different schools, but uh, Duke was one of the top programs in the country at the time. A, a legendary coach before coach Krzyzewski was Vic Bubis. And uh, he had them in, I think it was three final fours. And Steve was involved in two of those final fours. He was the starting guard against UCLA as a sophomore, which would have been the 64 season. And then in the 66 season, uh, they were beaten by Kentucky in the uh, final. Steve was the ACC player of the year, senior year. Wow. Uh, just Yeah, he just had a remarkable career down at uh, uh, Duke University. Um, if you go to uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh, they have the Duke Hall of Fame basketball players on the uh, 
Wall and Cameron, and uh, he was selected uh, a few years ago as one of the t- uh, top 50 uh, players in Duke basketball uh, history. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, just a fantastic career. Scranton Times, um, when they did their top 100 athletes uh, uh, from our area a few years ago, uh, uh, they, uh, Steve was among the top 10. I, I don't know where exactly he placed, but he certainly was among the top 10. And, you know, went on. He, he was drafted by the San Francisco Warriors. He was the 33rd pick in the NBA draft. At that time, the ABA was getting started, so he decided to he had a nice offer from the Pittsburgh Pipers in the uh, ABA. He played a few years with the uh, uh, Pipers. They won an ABA championship uh, uh, while he was there. Their star was a great uh, name by the, uh, a player by the name of Connie Hawkins. <laughs> so, uh, mm. and then Steve went on. I, I think uh, you know he, he worked for Converse. Uh, he became a head basketball coach at Winthrop and athletic director at Winthrop University down in the Carolinas. He also uh, was uh, served as an assistant athletic director at Duke University, and, and this is uh, a very interesting note. Um, Steve was responsible for Mike Shashevsky being hired at Duke yes. University. Yes, through yes, through Jack Gallagher, through John Gallagher, uh, his uh, former coach. Uh, coach Gallagher started scouting for Army for years, so you know Bobby Knight and uh, Mike Shashevsky had his start at Army. And um, when they were looking for a new coach down at Duke, uh, Steve uh, uh, recommended Krzyzewski and brought him. And Steve always tells the story. I think Krzyzewski uh, had a losing record up at Army, and they couldn't understand why they wanted, uh, uh, why Steve wanted to bring Krzyzewski in as uh, as a coach. But, uh, you know, he did the most with the talent that he had at a school, at a military school like that. And they were playing a national schedule at that time. And uh, if John Feinstein's book uh, on um, Duke University, uh, Steve's name and John Gallagher's name comes up and he was given direct credit for the uh, hiring. But uh, that's a little bit about Steve's background. Tell, tell us quickly, what's the, give us the, uh, you know, who, what, where, when, and why for this uh, tribute to Steve uh, Vesendak. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, Jack O'Malley and Terry Green, uh, uh, two individuals from North Scranton, started the Bill Garrity Award given to the outstanding, uh, one to the outstanding boys basketball player and then one to the girls basketball player. And, and they asked Steve to get involved with that, and he went above and beyond. And uh, when it was all said and done and they got that program going, uh, uh, Jack and uh, Terry thought, it, you know, it would be a great idea. Nothing was really, you know, some years ago, especially when you left the area, uh, you know, everybody followed him down at Duke. But, you know, he, he kind of, you know, it wasn't like you were playing at Syracuse, Jerry McNamara or Penn State. You know, you kind of lose touch, and especially in those days, because the games, you know, weren't on TV and uh, there wasn't as much uh, um, familiarity with what he was doing down there. But uh, they decided that let's let's do something for Steve. And, uh, you know, they gave me a call. Uh, other guys that are involved right from the start was Phil Condren, who was a teammate of Steve's at Scranton Prep, Jimmy Coles from uh, WNEP, Tony Contafio to contact down at uh, uh, Scranton Prep, and Father Reddington also involved. He was a classmate of Steve's. And uh, all these guys decided, let's see if we can get something going like this. And uh, uh, 
the funny thing about it is when we contacted Steve, Steve said, oh, my God, I mean, it's great, but uh, I've been out of there so long. Do you think it'll go over? So we're really trying to get the, get the word out there about the dinner. It's uh, Saturday, October 21st. It runs from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock. It's going to be at um, uh, Nancy Gavin's uh, uh, La Bona Vida up in uh, on Riley Street in Dunmore. Tickets are $50. And uh, it's going to be a great uh, uh, lineup, uh, Bobby, if you want to hear a few of the people. Well, let, let's do this because be... we're over time. But I, I, okay. I, I wanted to introduce this. We're not done. We're going to keep talking about okay. this. Let's do it once a week. Uh, just check in with me. Hopefully we'll get Steve Vicendak on uh, the television show. We're working on that to tape with him this week. Okay. And uh, we're going to keep pushing it. This is not the last. Okay. We, we love this event. All right. All right, Bobby. All right. Thanks for the time. All right. Nick Donato, October 21st. And uh, it's going to be at La Bona Vita, the tribute to Steve Vesendak. Well-deserved and long overdue. Right, Coach? Right. Uh, certainly. We're, we're excited about it. All right. We thank you very much for coming on, and uh, we'll do this yeah. next week. You're welcome. All right. Nick Donato. Uh, we'll take a break. Bob Cadaro with you. W-I-L-K will roll on with the Bob Cadaro show. I, it's these forgotten heroes uh, of, of our sports past who've gone on to do great things. And, and the Steve Fazendak connections at, at Duke and in the state of North Carolina really brought a lot of people to the party down there. Good stuff. We'll take a break and be back. Why is it? it's on the tip of my tongue and the tip of my brain? Who's the um, blind guy? I thought this was him. I don't know. It was Bill Withers? That's what I'm saying. When Murph sends this stuff in our music list, I I I pick something up. What, what was his name? Bulldog. You don't know, do you? He doesn't even. Not Ray Charles. Stop it. Yeah, well, okay, him and Stevie went. No, no, no. Oh, man. All right, you guys will know. I, I, I've got to throw it on you. Uh, the the blind, he played the, 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 the guitar. I always thought that this song, Ain't No Sunshine, was him. Maybe he did a version of it. That would save my psyche just a little bit of embarrassment. A uh, couple of things on the on the Belt and Road uh, Initiative. Bob, it looks like corruption and bribery slowing down, if not stopping, China's Belt and Road Initiative. Many countries that were agog over the proposal are now very cautious in getting involved with China. Man, I hope they are. By the way, somebody texted in regarding those nine uh, African-American and black students in Arkansas, and he says that's real bravery, unlike... Uh, declare, well, you say having a sex change, unlike declaring that you're a woman, just like Joe Biden said, among the bravest people I ever knew. What an ass. Another, Bob, it seems like there's a long line of unfinished projects China's leaving behind because of their economy tanking. Also, countries are leery now because of the debt trap that China is making for these countries that they can't pay back. Another on a different subject. Bob Mayor Eric Adams says illegal immigration is costing taxpayers $40,000 a piece each year. That's around $800 a week for breaking the law. 
Yeah. Yet our own seniors and homeless vets are lucky to live on a fixed income of 800 a month. Total insanity, don't you agree? Yeah. There it is. We got a ton of them. Jose Feliciano. Thank you, thank you. There's so many of you that said Jose Feliciano. I, I can't thank you all, but you didn't even put your names. Somebody said Willie McTell. Somebody said Roy Orbison. <laughs> Somebody said Waylon Jennings. No, it's Jose Feliciano. Come on, man. Feliz Navidad. That was the song I, I think of next for him. Somebody, uh, my, my cousin Tommy P. asking us if, um, being an accomplished drum player, do you ever play out in public anywhere? No, I'm not. I'm not accomplished. I'm I'm a hack. <laughs> and then uh, somebody guessed Ronnie Millsap. No, it's not him either. Jose Feliciano. Did he? All right, so now we've got to ask the follow-up question. Did Jose Feliciano do a cover of the Bill Withers song, or am I completely off base? Please let me know. Uh, Bob, these countries should take money from China to do their infrastructure projects then we could pay the money to pay off their loans, getting us in good with these countries, leaving no longer beholden to China and in our debt instead. Well, I'll give you one better. Jersey Devil knew it was Jose Feliciano. I'll give you one better. Why don't we do the project so American contractors could get the work? (laughs) We should have had an immediate counterproposal uh, this goes back to the the um, Obama administration, the Obama-Biden administration. We didn't react to it, the Belt and Road Initiative, and we should have. We should have. Somebody guessing Jeff Healy. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, did Jose Feliciano ever cover Ain't No Sunshine? That's what we want to know. That's the question while we break for the news. Uh and we've got I've got an answer from within the radio station. We'll find out what you say, but let's go to the news. Go get them, Paula. WYLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 